Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 8, and we've been ministering on this subject of growing up spiritually, maturing in God, and I purpose to share these verses uh, nearly every week, I don't know that we've uh, shared them every week, but uh, again, just purposing to keep our remembrance of what these verses said, because this is really paramount and foundational by which we grow and develop and mature as believers. And so if we have it here in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 8, it says, Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So he's speaking about Jesus, and he says when he ascended from hell, remember he was crucified, died, and was in the grave for three days, but actually his spirit went to hell. And so the Bible says that when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. So what's captivity? All those that were what the Bible calls as Hades or Abraham's bosom, those that were in the old covenant that was not able to receive Christ or the forgiveness of sin. So they were in pretty much a holding tank, if you will. And the Bible says that Jesus led captivity captive and then gave gifts to men. So there's two different things there that, that, that it expresses. One, those that needed to go to heaven that had went on to be with or, or had died beforehand and those that were remaining on the earth. And then it goes on to say this in verse 9. It says, now this, uh, uh, now this he ascended. What does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he himself gave some, now these are the gifts that he left or gave to man that remained on the earth. He says, now these are the gifts he gave some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, or evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. So he says, listen, I didn't leave you on earth not having help, not having support, not having those that will help you grow spiritually. And he says, this is what those gifts, ministry gifts, are to do. Verse 12, for the equipping... Of or the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of, of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working. By which every part does its share causing or causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So did you notice here it says that he gave gifts Unto men, which are ministry gifts or ministers. And it says there's a specific purpose for that. And that is to help the body of Christ to begin to grow up. 
And once they grow up, it says, or as they're growing, it says that there's work to do that actually produces growth or edification to the body of Christ. Amen? Now, I know that there are those that would say, well, you know, uh, I just come to church because I want it to be about me. But here's the thing. The Bible says that there is work for all of us to do. And then if you notice just a few verses down there uh, beyond what we just or, or, or what we read there in verse 15 and 16, it says that every person is a joint to the body. And every joint has a supply. And every supply causes growth to the body, Right? So wouldn't it look real funny if everything else on your body was growing except your left arm? <laughs> that didn't grow. No, every joint has to give a supply so that the whole body grows and is healthy and begins to mature, right? All right, so as we begin to look at this, just with this idea, we said that the word perfect... From the King James, rather than maturing, it says perfect. But we said the definition of that was to be complete, lacking nothing, fully developed, and matured. So the opposite of that would be immature, or we could say it this way, unfinished. So in other words, there's still some things that need to take place. There's some growing and developing. And that's obviously a process, and that's obviously intentional. But unfortunately, within the body of Christ, there are a lot of individuals... That just aren't growing. Don't want to grow. Just sitting idle, right? But God says, I desire that you grow. And then even Paul said this. He said, spiritual babies desire the earnest, sincere milk of the word. Right? So in other words, he says, now listen, I don't want you to be babies. I want you to grow up. I don't want you just to be children. I want you to actually mature. But he says, even spiritual babies desire the sincere milk of the word. Amen. So in other words, as a baby Christian, they still have something on the inside that says, I I want to be fed. I I, want to be satisfied, right? But if you think about it from the natural sense... We're going to talk about it or look at it spiritually speaking. But from the natural sense, when you think about a baby and desiring milk, how do they act prior to being fed? They cry. They get fussy, right? And they're letting you know that I am discontented. I need something and I want something. And if you let them go long enough without getting what they want, they start getting a little bit louder, don't they? Fussing and screaming and carrying on, right? And then what happens? You give them the milk and all of a sudden their belly is full, they're contented, they're satisfied. And then what typically happens after a baby gets fed their milk? They go to sleep. They just curl up, get comfortable and go to sleep. Well, so in other words, when the baby is desiring milk from the natural sense... It's all selfish, right? Feed me, satisfy me, uh, comfort me because I'm hungry and I'm tired. And once you feed me, I'm just going to go to sleep, right? It's all about them, right? And so therefore, spiritual babies, if you want to put it this way, when they desire spiritual things, they end up really desiring it for themselves. In fact, let me just kind of give you a couple different examples because as believers many times we have cultivated this mentality that 
being spiritually mature or a church that is mature looks a certain way. You know, a church that is spiritually mature, they might have the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Maybe worship is just, it's an hour long, it's extended, uh, the preaching is long, and just love the preaching of the Word. Man, there's miracles that happen. Oh, man, it's just great. That's a mature church. In fact, if you really ask me and want me to be honest, that's the kind of church that I desire. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. I would really like to see some of those things. <laughs> Are you seeing what I'm saying? And so what they're saying is that I want church to look a certain way that will make me feel good. Right? But notice what the Bible says. We read it over there in Ephesians. He says that as we're maturing, that as we mature, it produces us to step into a place of doing work, or in other words, fulfilling purpose, that causes the growth or edification of the church. Right? So in other words, if we're really maturing, it's not about what makes me feel good. Maturity actually produces something in me that I begin to do something. Are you seeing the difference? Come on, you're awful quiet. Are you catching what I'm saying? Because once again, we oftentimes begin to look at individuals and say, well, I desire it to be meaty. But if we're actually getting the meat of the word or actually growing and maturing, it produces us to do rather than to sit back and give me, give me, give me. Right? Come on, you got to see that. Now, I'm not disclaiming, and obviously I'm tilting to one side a little more. You know, just in how I'm describing it. But if we're really honest, if we're saying, I think that that is a sign of spiritual maturity within the church. Really what we're saying is that that's what kind of just makes me feel good. But if we're actually a church that is maturing and growing, then we become a church that is doing. Amen. And you may say, well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Doing, doing things within the church. Extended worship, extended praise, extended teaching. No, it says that it causes growth to the body of Christ. It gets bigger. So my question for you is, is how many people have come to church as a result of you? How much has the church increased or grown because of you? Well, I'm mature. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see the evidence of it. Come on. I, again, I'm leaning to one side. You've got to hear me in this. But my point is this, is that actually as we grow and mature, it begins to produce something. And it, it causes us to become doers of the word, not just hearers. Amen. Are you following with what I'm saying? All right. So with that being said, if I can just kind of give you an example, I thought about how to give a natural example that would help parallel the, the spiritual principle here. And I, I thought about as being a child, uh, my dad let me cut the grass. He, he taught me how to cut the grass at an early age. And so I don't remember how young. I, I would imagine that I was at least 10 years, maybe younger, I don't know. But he just let me cut the grass, and therefore I knew how to work the, work the, 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 the components of the tractor, and I would cut grass. Now, just because I could cut grass did not necessarily make me mature. I just had some knowledge of how to 
cut grass. Now, as a result, if, if, if I got tired or I didn't want to do it, if I wanted to go play or I was out of town, well, dad, he just, he would go cut the grass. Why? Because it's really his responsibility. I just enjoyed playing on the tractor. I enjoyed having fun, even though I was cutting grass. But if I wasn't there, it still would get done, right? So, a real example of maturity is when I come into a place of having my own home, my own property, and I go out there and I start cutting grass, not just because I have fun, but because it's what I need to do. It's my responsibility. And if I don't cut the grass, who's going to cut it? In fact, it's not just a matter of cutting the grass. There's the weed whacking. I mean, that's really the pain. I can sit on a tractor all day long, but then i got to go around and do all that. You know, there's more to it than that. And if I just do half the job, I can cut the grass, but all around the flower beds or around the house, the weeds are just grown tall and looks gangly and ugly. Again, it's not really a sign of how I've matured. It's just a sign of where I've gotten kind of lazy, right? And so, are you tracking with me? So as I mature, there's a responsibility that comes, and I own up to the responsibility, and I become a doer because of what needs to be done. Amen? And so, when you think about that, developing developing, uh, spiritually, or as we grow spiritually, the more that we grow, the more efficient that we become, and we become, uh, uh, let me say it this way, we can't do anything efficiently. Without becoming spiritually developed. Right? So, how do you develop? You learn through means of being taught. So, how did I become efficient by cutting grass? Because I can remember one time in particular, we were over in the side a lot with, with, with Dad, and I was sitting on the tractor, and so Dad was coming up to me to kind of give me some instructions. So, as he was coming up behind me, I goes, and I turned this way. And so he said, hey, come here. And so I turned the other way. And so if you was to know my dad, dad likes the rose cut straight and looks, you know, it looks good. But what I ended up doing, I was zigzagging all over the yard, just messing up his lawn. Now, he was laughing about it because I was young and he was kind of chasing me around. He's like, wait a minute, come here. And so he got a chuckle out of it. But how did I get from a place of making all these zigzag lines to coming to a place of here's how you cut grass? It's because I was taught and you become efficient at it, right? And so as an adult, as I've begun to take on my own lawn, I've learned how to do this and do that. And then you got the the weed and feed and you've got the fertilizer and you do all the different things to get the lawn that you want, right? And it's through developing and growing and maturing. But that came through being taught through some means. Amen? Now, as we develop spiritually, it gives you the ability to hear. Now, once again, it's important for you to understand that. Because as you develop spiritually and grow spiritually, it gives you the ability to follow God and hear God more correctly and more directly. Right? Either through what he's spoken to you or what he continues to speak to you. Right? The fact that I've, I'm 40-some years old and I'm still cutting grass this way and doing it just X, Y, and Z. It's because I've heard the voice of my father and I still hear the voice of father talking in my ear. This is how you cut the grass. Right? And so as we grow and develop spiritually, we have the ability to hear from God and follow his direction. 
And that's based upon the maturing and what we've grown or, or how we've grown. If we're not growing, then what we actually end up following or being led by in life is emotions, circumstances, children, parents, money, health, right? All those things begin to lead, direct, and dictate in spite of what God says He wants to do to be involved in our lives. But if I've not learned to grow and follow his leading, I just start to fall to my natural understanding. I'll give you a great example of that. When I was talking with Brother Marty as he was with us, we went to lunch one day and, and he was telling me uh, about his mom and dad and his mom has went home to be with the Lord about so maybe a year and a half ago and I, I was aware of that. Um, but he says, yeah, my dad just got remarried last week. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He said, never said he would, but you know, he, he found a young lady, or not a young lady, found, found a lady and uh, uh, decided he wanted to get married. So, so they ended up getting married. But he started to tell me about his mom and dad and that whole scenario. One of the things that he said his mom always said over the years as they got older is that, Marty, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to go before me. I want to die before you. I don't want to be left behind and not have you in my life. So my heart's desire is that I go home first before you do. And that was just a desire of his, of his mom's heart. Well, then just about two or three years ago, I'm not sure exactly the time frame, but he said his dad ended up getting diagnosed with cancer, and it was stage four. And so the doctor says, you really don't have a whole lot of time to live, but we can probably do chemo and radiation and maybe do this and do that to maybe extend. And he said, Brother Marty said, you know what? I just had something in my heart that didn't seem right, and we don't want to go through those means of chemo and radiation. And so he started talking to his dad, and he says, Dad, he says, uh, where are you at? And he says, well, I still think I got things I got to do. There's, there's still some things that I got to accomplish that God's not done with me yet. And he says, okay, Dad, he says, let me just get with the Lord and just talk to him a little bit and find out what God's direction would be for us concerning this, this thing. And he says, all right. So he said he went and he started talking to the Lord. He says, now, Lord, he says, now, Mom has always said that she didn't want to uh, go after Dad because she just didn't want to be lonely, that she always had the heart to go before Dad. And so God... It's just not in the right season or the right time that dad goes right now because mom is fully in health. And he said, and for that matter, he said, you know, uh, dad says he still believes that there's things that he's got to do yet. And so I just want to talk to you about that because uh, the Bible says with long life will you satisfy him and he's not satisfied yet. And so what do we need to do about this? And he said in his spirit, he heard the Lord say to him, Leave no stone unturned. And he said, in the way that God spoke that to me, he knew that I would know exactly what that meant. And there was a, there's a woman by the name of Mary Frances, I think Marillo is her name. And she had went through cancer before and beat it and believed God and trusted God and came out cancer free. And in the midst of her sharing her testimony, she shared or said these words, leaving no stone unturned. And he said, when the Lord spoke that to me, he knew exactly that I would know what he was talking about. And therefore, I would begin to be able to follow what she did and how how she did it and so she said he, he said I got my answer and he said I got out of prayer and he said I called my dad he says he says now dad he says do you trust me and his dad says yeah he says okay here's what the Lord said 
He says, these are our course of action. He says, now, I know the doctors are saying chemo and talking radiation, but uh, the Lord said that that's not what we need to do. And he says, you trust me? He says, yep. He says, okay. And so they began to do what the Lord instructed them to do. And so they went back to the doctors and they says, nope, we're not going to do that treatment. And well, you know, this is where you're at. You're going to die. Well, no, we don't. We don't want to go that route. We, we just, we're going to just do what we think we need to do. Came back six months later and the counts had went way down. And we're like, well, what, what's going on? And they just said, well, you know, doctors, they don't understand those things. And so uh, they just kind of were real vague. And came back a, a series of months later. And when they took the blood test again, there was no trace of cancer whatsoever. Free from cancer. Why? Because they purposed to hear from God. Follow the direction and the leading of God. And purposing to say, God, what's your direction in this matter? In the midst of that time. He said that his mom and dad were getting ready for bed one night. And his dad was in the bathroom like brushing his teeth or something. And his mom was laying on the bed. And his mom said to her husband, said, you know, something just kind of feels funny. It kind of feels funny. And so he came over. He says, is everything all right? She goes, I don't know. Just something something feels funny. And in the midst of them talking, she just finally closed her eyes and went to sleep. And... Went home to be with the Lord. And that was what she always said. I desire to go to bed and go home to be with the Lord. And so, just as they prayed, just as they talked to the Lord about, mom was going to go before dad. Dad wasn't finished with his race yet. God honored his word. He gave them instruction how to carry it out. And upon following the directions of God, it was just as God said. Now, God says he's no respecter of persons. So in other words, God's wanting to speak to you. He's wanting to give direction to you. But once again, as we grow and mature, we're able to learn and lean on the voice of God in every area of our life. Rather than being moved by emotions, circumstance, health, money, family. Are you here tonight? You know, my my son, he came home. The other day, they, we went to school, and the, the, the school was telling us, says, you know, there's some stuff going around at the school. And, and actually, I got mad. And I talked to the Lord about this the other day. Uh, they says, there's some stuff going around, you know, bugs going on around at the school. Just want to make you aware of that. And so I just kind of let it go. I just thought, well, you know, if, if something shows up, we'll just take care of it. And uh, so sure enough, he got strep throat. And it's just like, oh, it just made me so mad. And so... When, when they went to the doctor and they said, yep, that's what it is, gave him an antibiotic. And so I said, doggone it, in the name of Jesus, I just began to pray for him. Like, I don't care, you know, what they say, this sickness is leaving and it's leaving now in Jesus' name. And so within a day, I mean, he just, he sprang back and was just back to normal. Well, now, obviously, he was on natural antibiotics, but also we were just believing and knowing that the power of God was working right along with the natural side. But right after that prayer or that, that afternoon, I was driving down to Sterling Heights where I teach at the school down there. And I was talking to the Lord about that. I said, God, I said, I'm just so stinking mad because they said that stuff was going around. And sure enough, it got on my kid. And I said, man, it just makes me mad. And the Lord said to me, he says, well, where you missed it was is that you saw the sign. They told you what was going on. 
And you just said, well, we'll wait to see if it shows up. And if it does, we'll take care of it. You should have said, devil, you have no place in our home. You have no place on our kids. And therefore, take authority over it before you ever see anything. And I'm like, sorry, Lord. And don't, don't we oftentimes just live passively in life when it comes to stuff? But God's wanting to lead us and develop us and mature us to follow his leading, follow his direction so that we live successfully in life. And obviously, whenever he's leading you, it's going to cause you to do something rather than just sitting back and saying, okay, God, you do it. Amen. In fact, if you're just waiting for God to do it, you're going to be waiting until Jesus comes because God said Jesus already did it. All you have to do is appropriate faith to receive it. Amen? Amen. It's yours. It belongs to us. Amen. So just as we kind of start to wrap this up a little bit, I don't want to take too long tonight. You doing okay? So talking about growing up spiritually, why don't we turn over to, uh, actually turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, just as you're turning there, Mark chapter 10, verse 13. I was teaching a class at the Bible College down uh, there in Sterling Heights um, just a couple weeks ago. One of the classes that I teach is called The Authority of the Believer. And so as I was ministering and as I was sharing with the students, I got off on this subject and just got off on a tangent concerning this particular area or topic. And as I was sharing on it, I was like, I had no intention in talking about that, but talked about it for a long time. And then I went back to teaching what I was teaching in my curriculum. Well, after I got done out of the class, or got done with the class, one of the students came up and says, you don't know how that ministered to me. Because I was just told that that was what I had just this week. And he said, and I realized that I don't have to just be stuck with what they say I have. Whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, whether it's financially. I can have what I say because I'm a believer. And so once again, I'm talking about learning how to flow and learning how to follow the leading of the Lord. Right? Don't be surprised that in the midst of your conversations, God begins to lead you a certain way, but you've got to be in tune to be able to follow His leading because somebody that you're talking to just might need something that God needs to speak to them, and you're the channel by which He's going to speak to them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Mark chapter 10, verse 13. It says, Then they brought little children to Him, that He might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little, little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, who does not receive the kingdom of God as little children will by no means enter it. Now notice a couple of different things there. Number one, he didn't say, be a child. He said, when you come to God, come as a child. So he wants us to grow up. But how many of you know maturing doesn't mean you lose that childlike faith? Amen. God wants you to come to God with that childlike faith and just believe that. God, you can do anything. You're just that good. You're that big. You're awesome, God. 
And so once again, God wants us to come to him having childlike faith. Well, how do you know whether you have childlike faith or whether you're acting like a child? Now, (laughs) I'm going to pick on my kids a little bit here because, you know, you're you're in the midst of having a conversation with either mom or, you know, speaking to one of them. And uh, have you ever noticed that when it comes to, to children, oftentimes they talk too much, right? Like I'm talking to you about this. And before you know it, they're talking about this, but then it all of a sudden encompasses everything else. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about this right here, right? What do children do? Children talk too much. Children oftentimes don't think the right thoughts or they think incorrectly. Or sometimes children move too quickly, right? Rather than just sitting back, being patient. And we can always learn by listening, right? Once again, how many times have you ever talked to your children and you're trying to tell them something and they start completing your sentences? No, listen. Or you start talking to somebody and they leave the room. And you're waiting for them to return. It's like, okay. It's like, nope. You didn't let me finish. I was telling you to go do this and you left before I could tell you the whole thing, right? And so oftentimes with we as believers, we're so anxious, so ready. God, I'm ready to jump. And God's wanting to do something in your physical body. He's wanting you to do, wanting to do something in your emotions. He's wanting to do something in your finances. But we're so quick to jump and not stopping long enough to listen to the whole thing sometimes we miss god and it's really just a sign that we need to grow up amen so you know what you know you talk what you know if you're going to learn anything else you've got to listen right and so god's just wanting us to purpose to be in a position where god we're open we're ready we're available What's the direction? What's the plan? What's your heart? What do you desire for me? Amen. If we're growing, we're going to see the changes. Physically and spiritually. You're going to see changes in your life. How many of you could tell that something changed just after Brother Marty came? I mean, it's just like, oh, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to serve God. And oh, praise the Lord. Why? Well, that's part of his gifting. The ministry gifts, he comes in and stirs and exhorts and edifies. And you're like, man, I'm going to follow God like never before. Oh, praise the Lord. Right? Why? Because you purpose to give place to that. Well, you ought to be able to start seeing things in your life. You're laughing at me. (laughs) Amen. So you're going to see those things. Now, for instance, I can remember this one particular individual. Had a, just a tremendous heart. But everything that he wanted in church was the spectacular. And oftentimes, you can be looking for the spectacular, but miss the supernatural every Sunday. The spectacular means all the woohoo, but the supernatural is happening every time you come into the body of Christ. And so there would be different times that he would come and go. Well, it's not spectacular enough for me. I've got to go find that church that's spectacular. Got this going on. 
Well, the question is, is where's God called you to be? Because it's only, you're only going to grow and mature and develop where God's called you to be. Right? And so oftentimes he would say this when it, come to, when it would come to coming to church. He would say, well, you know, I, just, I live so far away. Really, how far do you live? It's about 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It takes me 20 minutes to get to church. Yeah, but it's just so long. Okay. Maturity says you do what is necessary to grow. Let me preface that again. You do what is necessary. If you're growing as a believer, you're a doer of the word. And part of that is, I'm going to sit down and read my Bible. If you're growing as a believer, you sit down and you do the fellowship or praying with God. And it's not from a legalistic standpoint. It's just, that's my heart's desire. Because I just love hanging out with Dad. Hanging out with my Father God. Amen? You come to church not because you have to, because you understand that in that place is where I begin to grow. And maturity takes place. And then I can begin to be a doer. There's something for me to do. And it causes growth. Right? How many of you go to the gym and work out? Anybody? One guy. One healthy guy. Well, obviously, you go and you do and you see the results of it. Whether it's losing the weight, whether it's building the muscles, whether it's getting healthy. Well, you can say it all day long. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But until you do it, you never see the results. The same thing is with God. We want to see the results of a relationship with God. We want to see the results in our church. We want to see the results in our family. We want to see the results in our children. Well, it's a part of being a doer of the word. Because being a doer is part of the application of maturity. Amen? Now, don't misunderstand me about the other things that we talked about. When I talked about gifts of the Spirit or just God doing things, doing the miraculous You'll find that as you become obedient in the little things, God will begin to use you in the more spectacular things. Whether it's praying for somebody that's sick and you see the results of it. Praise God. Why? It's because you are faithful just to be led and to hear. Amen? Praise God. So my heart is is that we just become doers of the word. Amen? I desire to see this church continue to grow. And see what he's birthed in our heart. Why? Because there's people that need Jesus. And they're not going to be reached any other way except through us. Right? But once again, as we grow, our attention turns from all the things that might be a distraction in our life. Or I could say the priority shift changes to where, God, life is so much better, so much more fun when we're doing it together with people and seeing people added as a result. Amen? Why don't we stand? Amen? Hey, since you're here, can you just, you can play a little keys, right? You know how to do that. You can. I, I don't care. Yankee Doodle, something. You got it. Yeah, just, you'll try it. You got it. Amen.
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to stir your hearts just to pursue God, pursue to know Him more, to follow His leading. God, we thank You. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for anybody that would be here under the sound of my voice that would say, God, I just need you in my life. Whether that's all or some or one, God, we all just desire to know you more. And life is never certain. And tomorrow may never come. And the question is, is what happens if I... If tomorrow doesn't come and I don't know you. And so I want to ask you this this evening. Have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? Because apart from Jesus, we're going to be eternally separated from Him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call anybody up front. But if you're here tonight and you say... I just want to know Jesus. And I want to have the opportunity to know that if I was to die tonight, that I would spend eternity with Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand at me, wave at me, just so I can see. I see that hand, buddy. Amen. Anybody in here? You? All right, man. Way to go, buddy. Amen. Little kid says, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. That's so cool. Let's just pray this prayer together. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I'm a little bashful to raise my hand. Maybe you want to, you just don't want to be uncomfortable. Let's just pray this prayer together. And if you're here tonight and you say, I mean it sincerely, God's going to do a work. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. To be my substitute. He went to the cross. He died for my sins. And the Bible says. He rose on the third day. And I believe. So Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. In Jesus name. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.